Welcome to New World of Work, a podcast exploring the new frontier of the modern workforce. I'm Rhys Black, Head of Workplace Design at Oyster, a global employment platform making it easier than ever to build a brilliant team on an international scale. On New World of Work, we'll hear from some of the world's best and brightest people and culture experts on cutting-edge topics that people operations professionals need to hear today, all through a global lens. Join us as we navigate this new world of work together and learn more about each other along the way. Thank you so much for tuning in and supporting the podcast. We'd love to hear your thoughts on how we can improve the show and what you're interested in learning about next. Please take a moment to share your thoughts on the New World of Work listener survey, linked in the show notes below. Looking forward to hearing from you. The world of people ops today is becoming increasingly data-driven. Business leaders are demanding more from their people ops teams and employee metrics are high on their wish list. Since people are every company's most valuable asset today, it's not enough to make decisions based on gut instinct alone. Tracking key metrics like retention rates, turnover rates, and employee engagement is becoming a non-negotiable part of the job. To help us understand why, I'm sitting down with Julie Jeannot, HR expert and researcher at Office Vibe. Julie is an expert in employee engagement metrics and tracking data to gain valuable team insights. She explains why tracking employee metrics is critical for all PeopleOps leaders today, how to get started, and how to turn insights into actionable steps. Enjoy the episode. So my name is Julie Janotte, and I always have everyone call me JJ. It's simpler. So I've been in HR for all my career. It's been my passion. I knew from a very young age that I wanted to do a role. I wanted to be in a role, a position that would involve me with people. So I knew very early on in my career that I wanted to challenge the way HR was done in organizations, but mainly the position that HR had within an organization. No secret that I wanted to make sure that that was elevated at a strategic level. Luckily, my dream came true and very quickly focused all of my energy and effort into understanding what motivates people at work, what keeps them engaged, what drives them to be the best version of of themselves at work. And so... By a course of different events and circumstances, I evolved very naturally to become very passionate. Another word for expert, I guess. I don't like that term, but I'm really, really passionate about everything. People at work, employee engagement, performance, building high-performing teams. It's what I eat for breakfast. So there you go. Fantastic. Thanks very much. So you you briefly mentioned your company that you're currently with, which is Office 5. Could you maybe give the listeners a brief description of the idea and the mission behind Office 5? Yeah, absolutely. So Office 5 was created from within. So we're part of a larger company that's called GSoft. GSoft is a Montreal-based company. So we're in Canada, founded 16 years ago. And as the company was growing, uh, we were kind of losing touch about what was what was making us special, right? Well, what was the feel of our culture and how our people were doing, otherwise known as taking the pulse on your people, right? So Office Vibe was really born from within, from our own company growth. And uh, yeah, eventually, obviously, the the 
the product was commercialized and we realized that we were not only solving an issue and a pain for ourselves, but also for a lot of other companies out there that were going through the same growth and culture transformation. And so in a nutshell, the product really began in the field of employee engagement. What would be your advice for, you know, the people leader that's listening to this right now? They're in a company that is either currently growing very rapidly or has been growing rapidly up until this point. How, almost how to create a culture of flexibility of growing with the company. So how do you help people leaders help their company, particularly their their early employees or, or, you know, as they're growing through different stages of the company, create that flexibility, create that understanding of, look, this company is going to grow, it's going to change rapidly and, and mm -hmm. you need to be okay with that and in some ways reinvent yourself along with it. Well, I think that the power lies in saying that it's okay. Just acknowledging that experience are different experiences are different for different people. And I think the most magical thing that you can do is just give your employees a voice and then listen to that voice in return. And I think that's the beauty behind Office Vibe. Yes, we're measuring engagement, we're tracking data and all of that, but I think the real insight that produces it's the insight that produces the value not the metric itself you know it's all of the details and new nuances behind what your employees are telling you and acknowledging that it's okay that the experience is different for someone who joined six years ago taking me an exam as an example and i'll often have conversations with people who've been there for this the same amount of time or a little bit longer than i have and then regularly i'll meet with new employees and ask them questions as to you know how they experience their onboarding and yeah, I think it's just acknowledging that it's okay and that as human beings, we tend to, we're creatures of habit, right? And we were used to a certain way of doing things and attached to, we're found, found of memories that we used to, you know, that we remember about our first experience and how things used to be done. And in nature, we're resistant to change, right? So whenever something or something new or a new process or a new way of doing things or a new leader with a completely different uh, communication style comes into our daily reality, it takes time for us to adapt to that. And I think that what helps the most is just acknowledging it and saying it's okay and being transparent about how we feel and not having that become kind of a do moment, like, oh my God, this person will not be able to stay here. No, just talk through it. And over time, people adapt, they change. And through these conversations, they you create that safe space, basically as a leader, acknowledging that it's okay. And let's move towards the future together. Absolutely. But I'd actually love to hear a little bit more detail about your role and how this relates to this point on, on you know, more quantitative work around people topics. So could you tell us a little bit more about what you do in your role at Office Vibe? Uh, it feels like my role has evolved so much in the last six years. I can't encompass, I think, everything I've done in like one sentence. So originally when I joined, I told you I'm very passionate about employee engagement. Office Vibe was coming into the market with you know, completely new solution. The wave had, had just started. People people functions were just starting to move away from the annual survey, more on to taking a regular pulse check, right? But we, I remember early in the beginning coming in and saying, oh my God, we need to validate our model. We need to check that against 
science because employee engagement is a science and the Gallups and Gartners of the world have been studying this for way many more decades than we have at Office 5. We were starting to get challenged by our client organizations saying like, is this really valid? Are you really asking the right questions? And the answer was no, not really. So long story short, completely reviewed the model, right? And came with this simple way of measuring engagement. I always like to explain it like a tree. So the roots of the tree are the 10 metrics of engagement. So the top drivers that impact a person's level of engagement at work. Things like relationship with the manager, feedback, recognition, satisfaction in your role, all of that. Then you go up the tree. So if I take, for example, the relationship with manager metric, you kind of have to split that down in three into three kind of sub-drivers, right, or sub-metrics. So communication, collaboration, trust is what's important to measure the quality of that relationship. And then the leaves and the tree are the 122 survey questions that we have rotating around. Everything falls back to the same metrics, but we ask a variety of questions for various different reasons, which I won't go into. So first six months, really validating that model and saying, yeah, we're stamped. This is aligned with science and well-known theories for measuring employee engagement. Then I spent a bunch of time educating our internal teams, which was a lot of fun, right? So people coming in from customer success backgrounds and support backgrounds and sales background, but not knowing a lot about HR and the and actually the, the person buying the product, like what's her challenges? And because I had been that person whom we love to call Helen, Helen, the HR lady, they, they needed to be equipped to face the questions that these lovely Helens were asking us, right? So I spent a lot of time training the team. And then we realized that there was something wrong we, we were building a product essentially for Helen, the HR manager. But what Helen's trying to do at the end of the day is really equip the managers because so much of the employee experience goes through the manager. How many people have left roles because their manager sucks, you know, or because they don't have a good relationship with them because they don't spend enough time. Anyways, we decided to also pivot the product to help managers more and help HR managers help their managers have a positive employee experience. And we realized that we didn't know much about the manager. What what were their struggles? And, you know, what was difficult for them in their job? And so I took on the responsibility of building our user research practice. So I was already super comfortable doing research, reading, write papers, being aware of what was going on in the market and the, what the top priorities were. For businesses, but then we knew very little about what was going on in the daily lives of people at work. So I sort of built the structure and the methodology and the tools to equip our teams to build empathy for people using our product, managers, HR leaders, employees. Okay, let's let's start getting into into some of the details when, when we're talking about metrics in, in a company. So Historically, the, the people ops or HR function of a business is maybe not always been so associated with tracking metrics and crunching numbers. It's been thought of as a bit more qualitative than quantitative. Do you feel like more people ops leaders are waking up to the fact that they can and should be or should be tracking metrics as an important part of managing teams effectively? Yeah, absolutely. We've seen a complete rise in this over the last couple of years. And I think, yeah, expectations are changing too. The executive team is now asking the HR team to be able to produce those metrics. And yeah, I, I mean, the obvious answer is yes, absolutely. Why? Because people ops functions are becoming 
or have been becoming for the last couple of years a strategic function inside of the organization. It's a business imperative now to be able to be to be able to have those people metrics and actually report back just as a financial function would be expected to do. And that's great news because people are what make a business a business's success, right? And if you're not able to have that visibility on those people metrics, something's fundamentally wrong. So that point you just mentioned about the execs are asking and that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the people mm-hmm. function is becoming more strategic. That is a personal mission of mine. And it's a mission of our company to to, to help the people function, you know, transition in, in this sort of way, because frankly, we help that uh, we think that it will help achieve our overall mission, which is to get talented people around the world employed by great companies. For the person that is listening here that is either being asked for these metrics or they actually think that it's time for their exec team to be caring and asking for these metrics, what what sort of advice would you give to them to help make some progress towards this? I think there's such a wide variety of HR metrics or people people ops metric that you can measure, but the advice would be to start small. Start with what you have, right? Don't go over the top and like super excited about building off this, building this super crazy dashboard, start with what you have. You probably have the classic time to hire, retention rate, turnover rate, those basics, and then move on as you go. So I would say definitely start there and then move on to more sophisticated tools. But then I think the, the main question is, going back to a point where executives want more HR reports, start by opening up the conversation as to, what metrics and data are they expecting to see? What's the right place to start? What would produce valuable insights for that executive team? And then go from there. And then obviously my favorite would, my favorite would be employee engagement metrics. Really take a close look at how you're able to, cl- to qualify that relationship between the employer and the employee. So how are you measuring that today? Are you using an annual survey? What are the insights that you can draw from there? And if you're if you're ready for this, start measuring employee engagement on a more regular basis and really a- be able to provide those employee engagement metrics, I think uh, would be a logical place to start, definitely. But for that, you need to be asking the questions. You probably need to be using the right tools to be able to gather that data. Absolutely. What can we learn from tracking metrics as people ops leaders? Very simply, you can understand with those metrics, you can understand what's working well, what needs improvement, and what trends to expect in the future. You're basically measuring the effectiveness of your people's strategy, I would say. As simple as that. You're really, you have the data to confirm probably your instincts because it's it's really rare that you'll get an outstanding surprise from your data. You know where the issues are. You know if it's taking you too long to hire. You know if it's taking you too long for you with the, the time to productivity for your employees. You'll have indicators. You'll you'll know if you're losing people after six months or a year, or you tend to be losing older employees. But you'll have the data you need to actually say, okay, this is what's working well within our employee experience, and this is what isn't and what we need to tackle. I just want to reiterate one point you just said there, which was confirming instincts. I think it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's worthwhile like stating that again, because as you said, pretty much any people professional instinctively or 
I guess, qualitatively knows what's going on in their business. And I would even go as far as to say that one of the reasons why the people function has maybe been not been thought of as strategically enough is because that it has been more based on, I, I don't want to say it has been based on, but it has been perceived to be based on opinion rather than data, right? And and now we're getting to this amazing point where we're able to show the data that that backs up our instincts and backs up what we we have seen from a qualitative point of view that is very difficult to communicate to other people that are not doing it day in day out if if you don't have that yeah essentially what you're saying is really interesting because we're removing the fluff and we're actually coming with credible data-backed stories that we can tell our organization and say, look, this is why our people are leaving. They don't feel valued enough. They don't get enough recognition. We're not meeting their expectation as to they came here to advance in their career and have a sense of personal growth and progression. Here, look at this data coming, let's say from Office Vibe, saying our personal growth metric is three points below what it should be according to all other elements that make or break the employee experience. And this is what we need to fix. And then when you come to your executive team saying, we need to come forward with a career path for employees and we'll need to invest this amount of dollar into training our people because people are leaving their managers because the relationship with manager is like seriously trending down. We need to invest. You now have the data to back up and back up your case, your business case to invest in your different HR strategies. You're making basically educated decisions on your people initiatives. And without that data, you're kind of like shooting from the hip, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You are. You're 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 kind of just going off of gut feeling and and, exactly. and, and, and instinct. And I, I would also say that not only does it change it from being opinion to data, it actually makes it a more collaborative discussion and a more collaborative experience where rather than you as a people leader going to your CEO or your CFO or whoever it is that you're you're trying to convince on a particular thing, Rather than you being sort of looking at each other or talking to each other, you're both looking at data together and you're both saying, well, you know, this data is just the data of the company. This is just the reality. It's not like I've went and typed all this up in a spreadsheet by myself to convince you. This is just the data that's being generated from the business. And you're looking at it together It's a much more collaborative thing rather than what, what could even potentially be an adversarial thing. Well, exactly. And I love that you say that because I feel for long, we've talked about employee engagement being an HR responsibility. And what you're drawing attention to here is the fact that it's a shared responsibility and you're making that a collective and shared responsibilities between all of the actors inside the organization. And I like to say that culture isn't decided at the top. It's built and curated by your people. Like we say, it's the people inside the company that make the company what it is. And those insights are coming directly with your people. And if you're doing the even more powerful thing of giving your employees and your manager access to that data, I think exceptional things can happen because to your point, it becomes a collective conversation about here's what's going on in our business and here's how we want to change or do things moving forward. It's fascinating to watch the PeopleOps function transition before our very eyes. Now, instead of relying purely on instinct or emotion alone, 
People leaders are bolstering their efforts with hard facts, figures, and data. In recent years, it's become abundantly clear that people are every company's greatest asset. So it only makes sense that we should do everything in our power to keep teams empowered and engaged. Tracking data and analytics is a non-negotiable for most industries today, and PeopleOps is no exception. However, the burden doesn't rest entirely on our shoulders. Tracking people metrics should be a collaborative effort among senior leadership, management, and employees. That way, everyone gets a chance to weigh in and discover how they can improve. In our next segment, Julie explains why keeping an eye on metrics is so crucial for people leaders today and where to get started if you're just beginning. Okay, so I want to get a little bit more more tactical. You mentioned using Office Vibe, using your 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 own tools. Of course, you would internally, but yeah, tell tell me a little bit about what are some of the tools, platforms, or resources that you use to track these employee metrics. Um, so obviously, we're heavy users of our own tool. We like to eat our own dog food, like we say. So we use Office Vibe on a regular basis. We look at the metrics and we share the data directly with the teams. So you're able to look at, as an employee, what's going well in your team? What are the metrics that are trending up and trending down? And how does that compare with the other teams inside the organization, the organization as a whole? So some of the things that we measure with the tool is the quality of the relationship between peers and the quality of the relationship with the manager. We're looking at feedback. We're looking at recognition quality, recognition frequency, clarity between individual goals, team goals, and organizational goals. So some of the tools that we use the most, well, three things. So the one-on-one function, so much goes through those one-on-one conversations, whether we're reviewing goals, whether we're talking about work-life balance and how stress levels are for us individually and for the rest of the team. That's an integral part of our one-on-one conversations. And then personal growth, another metric that we measure with employee engagement software like Office 5, something we talk regularly about. Where where do we want to take this role next? How do you want to grow in your career? And whatever, what are our plans to get you there? What are the competencies that you'll need to evolve um, through that uh, in that destination? And how do we get you there? So what are those steps? What are those goals that we can put in place to get you to that uh, that that role that you aspire to to have in the company? The other tool that we use quite a lot is our recognition engine called Good Vibes. So as we know, with remote work, so many things just go unnoticed, right? Collaboration, coaching between team members. And so the power behind Good Vibes is really to build the reflex to say, hold on, let's take a moment, take a step back from the daily operations and reality and projects that we're working on and take a moment to appreciate people for who they are and what they've done and the impact that they've had personally on other people and the impact that they've had on the business, right? We're heavy users of our ghost feature. Why? Because it creates a sense of alignment and a sense of purpose in our work. So what we do is review on a regular basis through our one-on-ones the progress that we've made towards achieving our individual goals and how that fits in and impacts the team goals and the organizational goals.
I'm thinking about the person that's listening to this. Maybe they, as you say, they have some of the the more traditional standard metrics like time to hire and things like that, that that you mentioned. But let's say they wanted to take this next step. They wanted to get much more quantitative, a lot more sophisticated with their people metrics. From the ones that you mentioned, would you say there's a, a place to start? Is there a, is there a metric that you would say is the most important to focus on first and try and build the infrastructure around measuring? Mm -hmm. So we're talking about people. And when we talk about people, it's relationships that matter. So if I were out of the 10 metrics that we measure, pick the most important one, it would probably be relationship with the manager. Because when that suffers, it's kind of like a house without foundations. If you don't have that foundation right, which is the relationship, I, I could include relationship with peers in there. But I think the most important driver is the relationship with the manager. If you don't have that solid, transparent open and communication and collaboration based conversation with your manager, everything else falls apart. And when you think about it, when you think about the other components of employee engagement, whether that be feedback or recognition or personal growth, like I was talking about before, who handles that? Who do you have these conversations with? Who gives you feedback on your work and who recognizes your value, your peers and your manager? So I would say focus on that metric first. If you start measuring employee engagement with a pulse survey like Office 5, and the first thing that shows up is a low score for those two relationship metrics, that's where you want to start. And you want to understand the causes. What's driving those metrics to be down? Is collaboration the issue? Is trust the issue? Is communication the issue? And then when you really dig into Yes, the, the quant data, like the actual numbers of, of those metrics, they make little sense without qualitative feedback. And that's the power I feel with the engine that we've built is we don't just ask on a scale of one to five, how do you feel about this? We ask you why. What's missing for that to improve? What are your expectations? And if, if it's working well, on the flip side, what makes it work well? What makes a difference, right? What are those rituals that enable you to have that powerful relationship with your manager? And uh, so, yeah, the power behind analyzing the qualitative information and to have that qualitative data, you need to ask powerful questions like what and why and how. Absolutely. And so that, that comes on really nicely to my next question, as you say. So if you're focusing on, on, on metrics around the quality of the relationship with, between the person and their manager, and as you say, maybe you see both from a quantitative as well as a qualitative point of view that there's maybe a, a deficiency there, maybe there's a challenge there. What can people leaders do? What can they do with the metrics that they have that they're putting into practice and, and actually start implementing some changes on those findings? That's a great question. I think the the right place to start is to talk about it. It's to have transparent conversations about the story behind what those metrics are telling us. So reviewing them as a team, even going down to the question level. I was explaining the tree earlier, there's the metric, the submetrics and the questions. So much of the power lies in discussing how we feel when we're answering that question. What comes to mind? And then having a, a discussion as a team, but also individually manager with each team member on what these metrics mean to them, how important they are, because obviously engagement metrics are a universal truth, but they vary in intensity and importance for different people. I may be highly driven by the quality of the relationships and the frequency and quality of recognition, whereas someone else might be highly driven by 
goals and alignment and alignment with the values or what else? Very impacted by the fairness of different processes like performance management or compensation management within the organization. So it's really taking the time to understand individually on an individual basis in our team as a manager who's driven highly by what. And then when you have that common understanding, that common alignment together, you can put in place the different actions or rituals that are missing for that employee to be highly engaged at work. And obviously there's no secret there. Someone who's highly engaged at work is highly performing in their role. Fantastic. Um, so I want to, I want to look forward a little bit. I want to look into the future. So I think this is a fairly new topic or a fairly new area that's, that's advancing quite a lot. What do you see as particular areas of growth on this topic? What's, what's coming down the, the road when it comes to people metrics? I think that we're going to be seeing conversations elevate where HR leaders having to convince CEOs and CFOs that measuring employee engagement matters and makes a different difference and produces business outcomes. So we're seeing more, more and more of that conversation come up when we talk to our clients is give me proof, tangible proof that having highly engaged employees will allow for better productivity more innovation, better performance, and show that to me with clear metrics, right? So we're going to have to be able to rec uh, reconcile employee engagement data with employee performance data, and then business, tangible business outcomes, more revenue, better products, more innovation, more client satisfaction rates, right? Like having having the conversations where we're actually able to make those links and draw those correlations. It, it can no longer be a fluff or, like you said earlier, just a qualitative conversation. We have to make that a quantitative conversation and be able to prove the actual value of having highly engaged employees. That point you were saying about the people data being connected to business outcomes or business data, not that they're a separate thing they're not and i think that's the point you're trying to make right do you envision a, a world or a, a scenario where we get to the point where let's say we're just looking at the, the the people metrics of our sales team and we're able to directly correlate that with the the, the sales performance right the actual pipeline close that they're they're creating as a team do you think we will actually get to that point where we'll see right well here's your underlying people data and here's the business outcomes that's coming that is directly correlated to these two things. Do you think we'll get to that point? I think we will. I think we will. Absolutely. If we do a good job in, in people ops team to really bring that data forward and bring it from a strategic perspective, have that be part of the key business metrics that we track, yes, we'll get there and we'll be able to show a clear link between those two metrics and what happens when, what correlates with what and what happens, what's missing in the experience to be able to drive those business metrics forward. I think we will. Yeah. Do you think we will? Absolutely. That's why I asked the question. I, I completely mm -hmm. agree. I, I, I think... It will be difficult. I think actually probably the sales example I used is, is one of the more easy ones or, or, or one of the ones with more potential to be able to do that. But even in those situations, there, there will be confounders. There will be confounding factors, even just market dynamics, right? Like the sales team could be highly, highly engaged. But if the market is for whatever reason going through a bad uh, stage, then, then of course sales performance is going to be affected. So to be, I think 
yes, I do think we will get to that stage. And I think that is like the nirvana of where we need to get to. I do think there will be a big challenge being able to parse out all of the individual contributing factors to something like that. And it will be easier for, for some teams in some areas than, than others. But it's a, it's a very exciting future. Yeah, it really truly is. What do you feel is the gap in getting there? There's probably a technical gap for a start. And I think probably products like Office Fiber are, are some of the, the companies that are, are best placed to address that and to, I guess, coming back to that point of being able to communicate, being able to tell the stories from the data. You know, there's data and then there's insights and, and, and then there's actual the stories that are like the human element on top of that. For a, a people leader to be able to, to show that and say, okay, you know, these are our, our people metrics that, that we're looking at. And I think that this has, this is 50% of the reason why our metrics are the way that they are. But there's another 50% that are caused by X, Y, Z different thing. I think there's probably a pretty large technical challenge to be able to do that. And again, to be quantifiable or to be quantitative, to be able to tell that story. Um, yeah, I, I probably would say that it's 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 less of the willingness of the parties involved and more just being able to have sophisticated enough data to to show it in a trustworthy way. Mm -hmm. I agree. I, I think that's, you put that beautifully, show it in a trustworthy way. Absolutely. And like, that's the, that's the tricky part with measuring something that is a people science. It's, it's people, it's feelings, it's perception. So you need to be able to analyze that data kind of like with a with a clear head and without bias, which is really, really hard to do when you're measuring something that's fundamentally human. Like it's not math. It's not saying like two plus two equals four. I think you said it beautifully. It's human beings are um, interesting creatures. So many different factors could be affecting what's coming out in that data. So it, at at certain points in time, it can be really hard to, to isolate the factors that are having an influence on that metric going up or going down. It's really hard to take an objective look at that data, which is fundamentally why instead of calling engagement drivers, drivers or factors or components, we've called them metrics. It was our attempt to say, yeah, I don't know, there's a way to actually scientifically measure something that is fundamentally human and is filled with perception and feelings. What's next for you and, and what's next for Office Vibe? What are you excited about that's coming down the line? Well, for so long, we've been really heavily focused on employee engagement and on providing solutions like Good Vibes and one-on-one -on -one tools to take action on improving those metrics. Uh, what's really exciting is combining that with performance. So what we've we started small. We have a component, I think, a component where one-on-ones are definitely a, a powerful tool and having continuous performance conversation and growth conversations and having a goals function really helps connect individual work to teamwork and organizational work and foster that sense of purpose and alignment. But I think what's been missing for so long is really to have organized and structured performance conversations where we're able to say, yes, 
this is how you're evolving in your career. This is how you're meeting the expectations of your role. And this is how you can grow. So next year, we're going to be highly focused on developing those performance functionalities into Office Vibe. And I'm super excited because we're going to achieve my dream of being able to correlate engagement data with performance data. So I'm really excited about that. The team's actively working on defining what those features will look like. And I think it's going to be driving home our mission to having a team of whole selves at work. And so in conjunction to what that translate into for Office Vibe is really having people be fully engaged in their role and coming up, showing up in their role every day with loads of energy and commitment to make a difference inside that organization, kind of treating that organization as their own, right? And being fully emotionally connected. That's what I'm excited about, because when we enable those conversations to happen, whether inside or outside Office Vibe, we're creating a team of full selves and people who want to be there and who are connected to the mission. And I'm excited to bring forward those tools and that tech for people at work with their manager to be having those conversations. Um, so, yeah, that's what's coming up. Super excited because we've we've kind of have we've kind of had bits and pieces to enable those conversations, but not a full performance management and people development offer. So I'm excited that we're able to add that into Office Five next year. Fantastic. So this is a question that we ask everyone that comes on New World of Work. What is the best mistake you've ever made, and why? If I think back in my career, like for so long, I was in HR positions and my clients were our people. It was our employees and our managers. And I think taking the leap to be part of, of a product team that builds an HR tool was probably the best mistake I made. It was like so nerve wracking because I was leaving my slippers like I felt comfortable every day I was like this is pajama and 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 the slippers roll for me like I know how to do this I go in day in day out support my managers support my teams come back to my HR team and say we have this issue going on in the team the people aren't are, aren't happy moving over to learning something completely different building a product requires muscles that first I didn't suspect I even had, but that I had to build and flex over time and learn to, I, I moved from a reality where I was working with an HR leader and recruiters and my managers day in, day out to working with a team of designers and content writers <laughs> and product managers. I was like, hold on. Okay. This is how you build product. Oh, okay. Hold on. You actually have to do the research before you're able to understand what the needs are and what the expectations are and what people are trying to drive home as an outcome. All right, okay, that's what we need. And then let's start building prototypes and writing user stories as to what that product or that feature is supposed to be doing. So it's a huge mindset shift, but it was so much fun. Reflecting back now, six years into this, learning how to build product even more so an HR product, like it, it felt like a perfect match for me because I was combining two of my favorite passions, people and tech and bringing them together and packaging that into a, pa a, a, a product that hopes to achieve a mission where we say, hey, 
businesses, business leaders, people leaders, bring your people back at the heart of your strategy. That's a fantastic one. Just to reiterate <laughs> that, there are lots of amazing people tech startups out there that are screaming out for people with your expertise with the people that are listening to this podcast. So one way to help people have a great employee experience is obviously directly as the people leader of a business, but it is also an option to just like Julie move into a product role or it could be various. Actually, just anecdotally, um, the head of community at Oyster, she was a 10, 15 year people vet veteran because who else can serve the community of people ops leaders more than someone that has been in their shoes for a decade or more. So I think that's yeah. a great point. Absolutely. It's always inspiring to sit down with a people leader who isn't afraid to break away from industry norms and set new standards for the field. Julie's definitely one of these innovative thinkers and our conversation has given me lots of great ideas to put into practice. Here are a few of my key takeaways from this episode. People metrics are on the rise. It's no longer just the finance or marketing departments that rely on numbers to make data-driven decisions. The world of PeopleOps is changing and executives are asking for more real-time data on their employees. Continuous feedback is essential. Julie mentioned that there's magic in giving our employees a voice. But in this new world of work, conducting just one annual employee survey isn't going to cut it any longer. PeopleOps leaders should keep the dialogue with employees flowing to ensure no one's concerns are falling by the wayside. Start with employee engagement metrics. If you're just starting out with tracking people metrics, Julie recommends beginning with measuring employee engagement metrics. This is a crucial piece of the puzzle because it paints a broader picture of the relationship dynamics among teams. Thank you so much again for listening to this episode of New World of Work. If you're interested in what today's job seekers are looking for in an employer, be sure to check out our employee expectations report by visiting the link in the show notes or visiting this URL, bit.ly forward slash oyster report. I repeat, that's bit.ly forward slash oyster report. Thank you for listening to New World of Work, the podcast exploring the new frontier of the modern workforce through an international lens. We hope this episode served to expand your horizons and open your mind to a new perspective. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast so that we can reach more listeners. I'm your host, Reese Black. See you next time.